months ago she was the star of this race at its inaugural running. 12 months later, this year, she returns as the Queen of Greyhound Racing out to defend her crown. The two queens of Greyhound Racing, she's a pearl one length to wow, she's fast, wow, she's fast, got up on the rail, Emron Boy storms, but the queen did it, wow, she's fast, has won it. Phoenix Flight Path Episode 3, welcome along after a massive night of Greyhound Racing on Saturday night in Melbourne Town. Three Group 1s, the two Top Guns, the Hume Cup, it was one of the all-time great nights of racing. It was a little bit chilly on track, but the racing kept me well and truly warm, and so did the... Oh, 25,000 steps or so I did for racing.com, walking around the track trying to catch up with uh, trainers as I welcome Smithy to the podcast, a man who did not go near as far distance-wise as me on Saturday. How are you, Smithy? No, I, uh, I had the feet up in comparison to you, Jim. 25,000 steps. The uh, the chafe would have been flaring. We would have been uh, in absolute all sorts on Sunday morning for you, mate. But uh, no, good job. Well done on the broadcast. The, the little bits that I caught, it was fantastic. And I've heard plenty of feedback that it went really well as well. And then, of course... Uh, from a from a racing perspective, it, it doesn't get much better than that. The the Hume Cup was phenomenal. Mm. Raiders Guide versus Hector Foley going down the back, and then the Top Gun Transponder just gave no one else a chance. And the Top Gun stays. Ritza Piper a little bit of a boil over, but there's no questioning her talent. So it's been an absolute ripping weekend. Uh, of greyhound racing you are right about the chafing there was plenty going on uh, we're doing that many steps in a night but um i actually went in the lead up and thought i'll i'll venture down to one of those cheap little ten dollar pop-up haircut salon type things um just like your instant cuts ten for ten dollars for about a, a five minute cut like they just hammer through shave everything cut it right back i thought nine times out of ten it's okay sometimes you get a bad one and i thought it might have been a bad one and that was confirmed when i got a message from uh tomo from sen track uh, the old fudgelet, I think we call him, um, who goes along the lines of this as a text message. He goes, um, just trying to find it here. Great work on the coverage uh, Saturday night uh, for the Top Gun. Got to compliment the hairstyle, though, looking slick. And I'm thinking, well, you're saying you've got to compliment it, though. So I looked into it a little bit and I sort of said, yeah, I think it was butchered um, at, at a $10 hair salon. And then he goes on to say, yeah, there's no middle ground with those $10 ones. They either do a good job or a terrible job. And I'm starting to think he was thinking my haircut was a terrible job. Gee whiz, I tell you what, I don't know if he's paid you to get mentioned on this podcast, but he will be absolutely ecstatic that he's copping a little mention. And I don't know if he can be talking about someone's salad, their, uh, nah. their bouffant on top of the hair either. So I reckon, I reckon you're looking too far into it, Jim. I reckon he was happy with your work. Yeah, I'm not too sure he was. <laughs> Run of the day. Well, it's time for run of the day, and this is pretty much just a review of what was going on Saturday night, mate. Three group ones. We're going to touch on them all. We're going to start with a replay, thanks to uh, the Watchdog Racing, Greyhound Racing Victoria, uh, of Transponder taking out the uh, the Top Gun Sprint, because this, this was such a statement run, and this podcast is all about the flight path of the Phoenix. He hasn't been selected, and on a run like this, he's a big chance. Here he is, Transponder, absolutely A1. Ready. Racing. Good speed in the centre from Launch Code. Pushing forward was Transponder's going to find the front here and he got clear by two. Going through to second, Scalacci. From on the outside, Alpha Zulu. Up to fourth was Jay is Jay. They've raced clear on the rest. Next in the field, Elite Machine from Launch Code. Transponder. Wow, she's fast. But Transponder's a mile in front here. It's five clear. Jay is Jay runs to second. Alpha Zulu, Scalacci next, but it's a one-act affair. Transponder wins the top gun by 
Just an absolute smashing from Transponder. Jumped beautifully. He veered up the track a little bit, and I reckon that's a tactical manoeuvre in a Group 1 field like that because he was just able to hold them out in the first 20 or 30 metres, Smithy. 5.10 early into a little bit of a headwind and just roared down the back straight, 17.56. And I caught up with Luke Thompson and Holly Thompson after the race and the sheer emotion of what that win meant to that family. I think you can never underestimate that because they are proven as being potentially the number one training team in the game and yet they've won I think already two top guns that was top gun number three and yet it meant so much yeah it's always good to see that when when someone gets a little bit emotional to be honest Jim because you can see how much it means and races like the top gun mean an incredible amount and uh, you saw firsthand what what kind of Holly was like directly after the race and Luke had to take the reins on the interview but um, yeah, it's it's pretty special to see that sort of thing. And the performance was unbelievable. I think everyone, you and I included, probably saw him as the second stringer for the Thompson Kennel. And uh, yeah, the the way that he went about it was just uh, it was just unbelievable, really. He just put him away. It's such a high-quality field and he just flogged him. You know, when the, the horses come back uh, from a race, the jockeys normally give sort of a one-liner um, as to, to what they made of the run. I reckon we do that for every single runner in this race, starting with the runners-up, Jay is Jay. Nothing wrong with that run. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. He'll stay in Melbourne now and have a crack at the Melbourne Cup. Phenomenal. He just needs to jump a little bit better if he comes back for the Phoenix. Alpha Zulu, what did you make of his run? I, I thought he was just a little bit unlucky. Couldn't quite clear Scalacci early, and it just put him back in an awkward place, and Transponder got the fly on him. But again, I, I don't think he'll lose any admiration whatsoever. No, he's not losing any admirers from that run. He just didn't exactly nail the start like he needs to in this sort of quality of race. Scalacci, interesting runner. He was overhauled, but um, I, I just felt like nothing really went right for him, and he's going to take huge benefit out of that. That was his first ever race at the Meadows, to do it in a top gun to run fourth. I think he can he can walk away with his head held high, knowing that there's going to be a lot of improvement to come before now and a month away from the Phoenix, which is now effectively one of his ultimate goals. Yeah, he actually ran a really good race, if you ask me to be honest, Jim. And uh, in that sort of quality, as you said, you can't afford to get anything wrong and he just didn't exactly nail it and run those sectionals that we know he can run and that he needs to run in this field similar to Alpha Zulu I think both of them run really nice races without you know getting the best out of themselves I reckon this next dog was almost the run of the race uh, Big Energy comes home in fifth placing beaten 13 lengths went 30 and 63 you're going to think I've got rocks in my head uh, not the case if you go back and watch his run he wasn't too far off them before there was just a bit of a pack at the first corner he couldn't quite get a clean run at them and and then there was a little bit more trouble back in the field but he actually made seriously good ground considering the time they were running up front I, I reckon if you clocked his sectionals and the way that he finished off there was nothing wrong with the run of Big Energy Absolutely nothing wrong with it at all. We know what we're going to get with Big Energy and that's a very, very fast animal when given clear air. He didn't get much clear air, but when he did get it, his runs were great. What do you say about, wow, she's fast? Like She just had no luck at all. It was an awkward draw for her first up in a top gun, but I've heard some rumours uh, sort of spinning around that that might have been her last start. I'm sort of hopeful that it's not going to be her last start. I'd love to see her go out on top, but just nothing went right for her. And yet, if you go back and just watch the last... 50 metres, the way she put away launch code and elite machine was actually quite impressive. Yeah, exactly right. She she had absolutely nothing go her way and we probably knew that was going to happen with the way that the boxes were drawn. She was going to have to be at her very best and it's very hard to do six months off uh, at this level. So uh, I've, I certainly still think that she's going well enough, but I'm not the person that that matters to. It's going to be Tam Greeno. They've got to make that decision and, and the ownership group as well. So uh, I'll leave that to them, but I thought her run was full of merit given the 
the uh, circumstances. Launch code from box four was almost first to go. It was the first Greyhound Dan Hibbard called out of the box. Seemed to seemed to jump well, but was then just held up momentarily by the Greyhound underneath the eventual winner transponder just shifting up into her uh, at the start or into him at the, the, the first sort of 20 or 30. So I think it's a bit of a forgive run. Uh, what did you make of that from, uh, from launch code? He didn't have much luck. Massive, massive forgive run for me. Yeah. Uh, as soon as you draw outside uh, transponder, you're probably a little bit nervous with the box draw. He nearly got across, as you said. He was the first first dog that Dan Hibbard called, and I reckon if he was in three and transponder was in four, uh, he would have – I'm not going to say he would have beaten transponder because transponder was uh, on another level on the night, but I reckon he would, would have been right there and close and would have run top three. What about the elite machine? Just no luck for the, uh, the two-time group one winner. <laughs> Yeah, just no luck whatsoever. I don't think you can really draw a line through uh, that run in regards to his ability or anything like that. He came up with a stiff draw and just had uh, absolutely no luck during the race. And then, Smithy, it was the Stayers doing battle in the Top Gun Stayers, and this was won by uh, Ritza Piper, a bit of an upset at about uh, 20 to 1, and here's how the, uh, the New South Wales visitor stole the Top Gun away for the Stayers. Racing very slow out, Palawar King missed it by five. Quarter began well. Speed from Ritza Piper. They get clear early. Out there was zipping Vanessa. Val Policella railing through now. Getting it going was Palawar King to midfield. Pass like wildfire. Next in the field zipping Vanessa. Zohar Bale and Moraine Susie's at the rear. Now they start to pack up. It's quarter out in front. After it in second was Ritza Piper. Third was Val Policella. Palawar King close enough. So's like wildfire. And he's looping the field. They pack right up. Closing in was Zohar Bale to the turn. Ritza Piper took the lead. Palawar King tries to follow it through, but Ritza raced away. Ritza Piper's going to win the top gun. Ritza Piper beat Moraine Susie. Photo third. Zohar Bale third. So there it is. Ritza Piper for Joey Scary from uh, from New South Wales. An upset result, but just got the right run at the right time underneath of quarter. Pushed through that gap. Came away. Moraine Susie. Uh, what a run from her in second placing. Trying to go back to back in the top gun, and she got bloody close to doing it too. She certainly did. You said uh, said about the Top Gun that Big Energy finishing fifth might have been the run of the race. Well, I would say Moraine Susie's the run of the race in the Top Gun uh, stayers because she was phenomenal. Ritza Piper, yes, she got some breaks when she needed to get them, uh, but she was a phenomenal performance as well. You've got, to be, you've got to be at the top of your game to be winning a race like that, and, and she certainly was. Palawa King, uh, the next of the beaten brigade into third placing. Like He, he can do some bad things at Fox Fries, but... My goodness, he stuffed that one up a beauty, didn't he? he I, I haven't seen him begin that bad in a 700 before, not for a long time. He, and he still nearly won the race. I know. Like if you go back and watch it, it was there was a point in the race where I thought he's still going to win this, but I think he heard that my punter's punning club was on him, Jim, and uh, <laughs> he he just said I'm going to come out five six lengths last and make it real hard for Smithy. But uh, he was a phenomenal run, and I don't I don't think there's any admirers lost of Palawar King. He just he just got it wrong at the start, and I think uh, that'll weigh down a lot of dogs. The uh, the punter's punning club with uh, C Smith from the Meadows on board it has for a long time. Oh mate, uh, <laughs> people just cringe when they find out you're on board. Now this next one was the, the Hume Cup, Group 1 level. Uh, I had the pleasure of just sort of standing maybe a metre beside Lisa Cockrell in the, in the back corner of the uh, the starting uh, arena there or starting shed behind the uh, the boxes. And as soon as he got to second outside of Raiders God, I thought he was home. And it was nice to just sit there. And I actually probably watched her more than I watched the, the race just to see what, what she would do knowing she's about to win her first Group 1. Here's how the race played out and then we'll continue on that chat uh, in regards to Hector Fawley and trainer Lisa Cockrell. Set. Racing. 
Slow to go there, Hector Forley and also Rip and Grace trying to drive through was Raiders Guide and way out deep, Hector Forley's looping them. Raiders Guide's going to lead Hector Forley out of the straight. Multimat up to third. Fourth was Aston Luciano across. Then came Kai Bale. They got clear on Ailey Bale Responder. And last of all, Rip and Grace down the packets. Raiders Guide. Hector Forley's got an inside run and he drives through. Around the out turn they come. Multimat was third, but Hector took the lead. Raiders Guide can't go with him. Here is the best deserved Group 1 ever. Hector Forley does it in the Hume Cup and he beat Raiders Guide. They were paddles in front of Multimatters run third. The best deserved Group 1 ever was uh, the call of Dan Hibbert there with Hector Forley. And as I said, mate, Lisa Cockrell just watching her. I think I, I would love to have been able to recapture that moment and just show it to everybody because she was so still. She wasn't moving at all. And I could just see this tear start to come out of her right eye. And you could just tell in that moment how much this meant for her. And and this is her pride and joy, Hector Foley. They've been breeding dogs for 20 years. They've got an absolute superstar. And now they've got a Group 1 winner. It was an amazing result. Yeah, it certainly was, Jim. And uh, I know if you ask me that the most proud thing that I've ever done in greyhound racing is standing behind the boxes and getting to witness those sorts of mm. things and getting to interview the trainers immediately after the race. And this is no exception, the, the Cockrell family. We've seen them have really high-quality greyhounds for uh, quite a number of years but haven't quite got over that summit and the 600-metre Hume carpets. It's looked like a race that Hector Foley should go for for a hell of a long time. And me speaking with them after the race, they said it was probably five or six months ago they started thinking about it and planning for it. He's he's the best middle distance dog in Australia. I think there's no doubt now after winning that Hume Cup. I, I, look, I always say gamble responsibly. Chances are you're going to lose. 1-800-858-858. Gamblinghelponline.org.au, Smithy. But for me, he just, he just is the profile of a Sale Cup winner. Just through and through. like, And he has tried the 680 in the past, hasn't really got it. Sales dropped back 10 metres with the new the new track. So it's now not 650, it's 640. Like, I, I just think he just he profiles so bloody well for that race. He was about five bucks last week to win it. I don't know if that's changed at all. But if I'm framing the market right now, there is no way he is not my favourite. No way at all. Yeah, 100%. I'm with you. He's got to be... A very firm favourite, in my opinion, and and Raiders Guide was phenomenal yep. too in second. He his his run. I know he had box one, and Hector Foley had to overcome the uh, the tough draw, but Raiders Guide was phenomenal as well. When they were going toe to toe down that back straight, I was just uh, I was getting goosebumps to be honest. It was it was absolutely phenomenal, and I reckon those two probably both profile well enough to go to a Sale mm. Cup if the Tasmanians want to come back. But uh, yeah, Hector Foley, he's just an absolute out and out star. And I think the uh, the Tasmanians have really done themselves proud in the last couple of weeks so I think we underrate them there's no doubt about that and they uh, they have held their head up high with a, a second placing there with Raiders Guide uh, we are about to catch up with uh, Ryan Stanaway in just a moment uh, the GM of ownership and participation at Entain Australia but before we do that Smithy uh, we're going to do Phoenix Seeds and then we're going to pose a question for the the listeners to have their chance to win some uh, Phoenix goods, which I love giving away. Uh, so we're going to get into Phoenix Seeds now and there's a little bit been going on in the uh, the last seven days. A couple of changes to, to my power rankings, as we're calling them, Smithy. But before we do, um, there's been a little bit off the, uh, the socials in regards to this. Uh, Graham, by the name of Zipping Megatron, has got a little bit of a mention. What do you make of him? He's an absolute freak. He uh, on his debut run at Wentworth Park, 
Uh, as a general rule, your group one dogs go 540, 550 around that for those that are listening. He went 595 or something ridiculous at his <laughs> debut run and then still managed to break 30 seconds. So you can see the sort of engine that's there and whether he does everything right or not at this early stage of his career, uh, he's got to put it all together. But since then, he's been phenomenal and he's a very, very fast dog. And I actually had a chat to Jason Magri when I was up there for the Million Dollar Chase and uh, he he has a big, big opinion of this greyhound and it would be a brave person to to pick him having not traveled down to melbourne having not seen the track but he his talent is undeniable i like that something a little bit left of center the other one that uh, springs to mind now is flying zulu who i think took the next step at sandown park uh, last week i'm going to go through my power rankings and then you can uh, give your smithy there are a couple of alterations so i'll give my ins and outs at the end once i've given my top eight one postman pat two alpha zulu three scalachi all locked away Four, I'm still holding up big energy. High up the list. I think his run was good in the Top Gun. Five, here's the new entrant, skipping up the order quickly. Flying Zulu, the youngster, brother of Alpha Zulu, goes in at number five for me. Six, I've still got J's J slash Bears Bullet, depending on uh, whether or not J's J goes back for the flame race. Uh, seven, the other in for me is Transponder. And I've still got Morton sitting at eight, but right on the brink. There's a couple pressing there. So my outs uh, for this week, or my ins, I've gone with Flying Zulu coming in, uh, Transponder, the other Greyhound that's gone in, and I've said, uh, wow, she's fast out, which it hurts me to say. Uh, and Launch Co. did nothing wrong in the Top Gun, but I just wanted to make space for the winner, Transponder. I to be honest, I like all your reasonings, Jim. And I actually did – someone gave you a little bit of a clip before they listened to the podcast. They said, why is Jim getting splinters? Why is he sitting on the fence with the Jays, Jay Bears bullet thing? So I did you a little bit dirty with mm. the social tile, so I apologise for that. But it does make a lot of sense. And there is two changes for me as well. Uh, obviously, we've got Postman Pat, Alpha Zulu, Scalacci, all locked in, as you said. I've put Jay's Jay up to four. Uh, I think this Greyhound now, I had him in as the Queensland dog uh, that he'd head back for the Queensland Flame and that's how he'd find his way into a Phoenix. I think he's, after that run in the Top Gun, he's been opened up and he can he can be taken by any of the available slot holders mm. because his run was fantastic Good from point. box number eight. He's not nailing the start yet. But if he can jump a little bit better in a Phoenix, he's a very fast dog, as we know, and I think he would have got plenty of admirers out of that run. I've left Wow She's Fast in there for five, mainly because of the respect I have for her and the fact that Sportsbet is still one of the slot holders, and I still think she'd be there for the first choice if she's still fit. Transponder's gone up into, into sixth for me, and then I've got Morton and Flying Zulu. So Team Thompson in my power rankings, and I think in yours as well, four. have four representatives of the eight, which is <laughs> just, uh, it just goes to show how bloody good their their kennel is at the moment. But um, yeah, that's that's how I'm having it. Postman Pat, Alpha Zulu, Scalachi, Jay's Jay, Wow She's Fast, Transponder, Morton, and Flying Zulu. So past the buck and launch code have, have come out. They're probably sitting in the nine and 10 mm. positions at the moment, mainly because I just haven't seen past the buck. And then launch code, I think he's the stiff one. I, I, I actually think he had a really good top gun run uh it just was completely luckless so he could come back in who knows what do they need to do like what does launch code or pass the buck need to do right now for you to put them back in it's all about the first sectional for me jim yep. i, I want to see them go five dead at one of the city tracks they do that i reckon they're they're probably going to jump in maybe ahead of a morton maybe ahead of a flying zulu who are my seventh and eighth seeds at the moment but um, yeah, it's, it's all about that first sectional. I think that's all important. 
Uh, maybe a dog like Transponder gets nudged up, nudged up a couple, not because he's the top gun winner, but because the way the box draw is done, where he, he can handle box eight, he can handle box six, box seven. So the the picker box thing sort of suits Transponder as well. But low five second sectionals, that's what I'd want to see if I'm picking a Phoenix slot. On now to the uh, the lucky winner from our question pose last week, Smithy. Uh, we posed the question effectively: who is a little bit left of centre that could be chosen for the Phoenix that hasn't been in our power rankings? And we had a couple, and uh, there's there's two Two that I've sort of separated from the rest. One is Matty Field, who's a an avid listener of the podcast, and we if we don't give it to him here, we want him to keep on keep on doing what he's doing because we do want to give him something. Uh, he said, "Flying Zulu's a, a star, uh, flying around Sandown Park, brother to Alpha Zulu." So I like that. The winner, though, I've gone is uh, Josh Moody off uh, Facebook, off Greenlight On's Facebook page. I believe Gary Stunon could be a contender for the Phoenix. I believe he's amongst ownership, but that's okay. Has broken uh, thirty seconds on more than five. Occasions at the Meadows, ran second to Postman Pat in 29.70, was within 1.5 lengths of the track record first split running 8.85 early, um, and has ran multiple 5.07s early from the 5.25. Uh, he was overlooked for the Top Gun, and he does his best racing at the Meadows. I don't mind that from uh, from Josh Moody, hence I'm going to award him with the uh, the Phoenix hoodie. Have you got any, any problems there? No, absolutely no problems at all. I'm a massive fan of uh, Gary Stunon. We've spoken about him no many nuts. times <laughs> on the Green Light On podcast over uh, over the years, particularly his name. But yeah, he, he's a th- he's an out and out Meadows dog, and uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't run a bad race. I don't know if he'd go in as one of the winning chances. He'd probably be one of the rougher ones if he found his way into a Phoenix. But he he would run himself. A really, really nice race, I'd imagine. He, he just seems to do that at the Meadows. Well, congrats to Josh, who's just scored himself a Phoenix hoodie. The question for this week, you can either jump on the socials, do it through Spotify, or even just uh, jump on the, the MGRA socials, the Meadows, uh, and make sure you uh, you answer this question. It is, who was your favourite Group 1 winner from Saturday night and why? So it's pretty simple. Uh, for me, it would probably be Hector Fawley, because I just think he absolutely deserved that. So you could almost take that word from word out of my mouth, but I'd like if you put your own little spiel on that, Smithy. But who was your uh, favourite Group 1 winner from uh, from last Saturday night, mate. Did you enjoy the Hume Cup as well or were you a little bit left of centre? No, no, I'm Hector Foley as yeah. well. Uh, I obviously have a bit of a soft spot for the 600 metre Group 1s. You don't get many of them. We've only got a couple of them here at the Meadows, but it, it's just phenomenal racing. It's it's such a different sort of setup. You've got the bend start. You've got dogs stepping up from 500, dropping down from 700. You don't know which form lines to take. You got a dog coming from Tasmania. It was uh there was just so many different things that were that came together and then for for Hector Foley to get the job done. As as our man Dan Hibbard said, it's uh one of the most deserving group one winners. Inside info. Well, it's a little bit of a different look inside info this time around. We're joined by a very, very, very special guest in the lead up to the Phoenix, uh, Ryan Stanaway, General Manager of Ownership and Participation at Entain Australia, is on the line ready for a chat. And I'll tell you what, uh, this man is way, way, way too overqualified to be having a chat to us boys on the Green Light On podcast. Hello to you, Ryan. Thanks for your time, mate. Thank you, James. Very, very, very privileged. Thank you. Really excited to have you on because there's been some big news uh, in the last couple of days with Ladbrokes in regards to the Phoenix. But just before we get to that, mate, I'd like to touch on uh, how much content uh, Ladbrokes, Entain, Neds are producing at the moment uh, through their socials, really getting behind and promoting uh, the racing codes, all three racing codes. Yeah, absolutely, James. It's been uh, one thing that we're focused on for probably the last the last couple of years now, building out that uh, 
that content uh, stream um, across multiple channels, particularly socials, and, and really looking to, as you mentioned, just just dive into that, dive into the participant base and tell those rich stories around all three codes of racing, which I think uh, we've done really nicely. And then the the opportunity, I suppose, arises for uh, for Ladbrokes to uh, to have a crack at a race like the Phoenix, a slot race. Was it something as soon as you saw it this year, you thought we, we've just got to be a part of this? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's something, you know, we, we were part of it last year with our Neds brand. And I think this year we've uh, obviously with the launch of the Ladbrokes Racing Club, it seemed like a really logical fit for us. Um, the Ladbrokes Racing Club's all about, you know, creating ownership experiences and, and what better way to do that to, to introduce people to the sport or to give people a, a real uh, closer taste of the sport than mm-hmm. to bring people along Phoenix night and uh, get them in do- involved with a dog like Scalacci. And just touching on that, Scalacci the Greyhound, I just felt like from a content perspective from Ladbrokes, he was the perfect choice. He's he's owned and trained by a bloke who owns and operates a pizza shop. Um, he's, he's going for a, a million-dollar race with this greyhound it's just an amazing story and, and he's fast as well which just adds to it yeah absolutely and i think look we we certainly uh did our research on the racing side of things i think we discussed it in depth with our trading team and our our greyhound experts in house and he was certainly right up there in the seedings of the dogs that hadn't yet secured a slot but as you say you know that the story of Jihad Talji and, and the pizza shop at Caram Downs and <laughs> and you know his, his history in racing has been fantastic so uh, I, I went uh, went out to the property at Devon Meadows uh, last week and we sat down and uh, nutted out a deer and it was fantastic he's obviously a terrific fella and and uh, apart from being a pie supporter that's probably my only knock on him well you're speaking to a couple of pie supporters here ryan so uh don't don't get too <laughs> nice and mean on us because we are the reigning champs but you did touch on an important point last year entain was involved with the neds brand which uh at the time was absolutely booming greyhound racing i'm sure it's doing the same as well but you've transitioned this year and it's it's the same people behind the scenes, but it's a bit of a different look with the Ladbrokes Racing Club, including you uh, driving that as well. Can you tell us a little bit more about the, the racing club and why you decided to select this brand as part of Entain Australia's slot for the Phoenix? Yeah, well, the, the Ladbrokes Racing Club uh, is something that we launched earlier this year. We've, we've currently got about 17,000 account holders who have opted in to join the Ladbrokes Racing Club. And it's all about providing, uh, I guess, an ownership experience to those to those customers across all three codes of racing and and the the number one thing behind it is really about supporting industry and if we can help to develop the next generation of owners by giving people um that that experience then then that's fantastic you know it's a deeper engagement with the sport um and for us you know we've provided ownership experiences for you know over a thousand customers to date through the racing club um we've obviously got a number running around in our own stable and kennel. Um, you know, we've been fortunate enough through the racing club to have a, a group one winner in Zipping Remus of the uh, Labrokes Vic Peters Classic. But, you know, I think that it, it was really the logical fit for us um, when it came to the Phoenix in terms of being able to create that, um, you know, hopefully create that fantastic on-course experience to uh, to rival our uh, blue counterparts who have uh, won the last couple of years. So hopefully it can be a red <laughs> night on uh, the 16th of December. Well, you talk about a red night. You will have uh, a nice on-course activation on the night uh, with with plenty of people there as well. Can you can you tell us a little bit how you get involved, firstly in the racing club, but how uh, potentially you might be able to come on the night? 
Yeah, effectively for those uh, account holders, they have the opportunity to to enter into a a race night ballot, and and uh, we'll we'll draw the winners to that, and they'll uh, enjoy an, an owner experience on the night. Um, and you know it'll it'll just be a, a as as you'd expect with a with a night like the Phoenix, we'll create some fantastic atmosphere with those uh, customers on course. Um, you know, and and particularly when we're partnering with with uh, a dog like Scalacci, you know that that opportunity to get to get nice and close to the participants and, and experience it is is first and foremost in what we're trying to achieve. And uh, you, you obviously, you said you have seventeen thousand members, which is which is absolutely phenomenal. And I know from a from an internal perspective here at the Meadows, we get calls nearly every week about how how do you get into syndication. It's not the easiest thing of all time to do. I know thoroughbreds, and to a lesser extent, the trots as well. It might be a little bit simpler. Plenty of syndication companies out there. But if if you want someone to get involved in the racing club, can you just tell us a little bit about? how exciting it is to, on course to be here when when you're running for something like a million dollar phoenix there, there's probably not much better of a feeling from the owners and you'd be firsthand knowing that uh with with the on course sort of stuff that you do yeah absolutely i think that for for those who are fortunate enough to to win the ballot for the night i think that you know not only do they get a great experience but as i said they they can you know in a lot of cases we're already hearing anecdotally where those you know, some customers have had a great day at the races. They've got to meet the trainer. They've then, you know, become, you know, they've now become 5% stakeholders or 10% stakeholders in a thoroughbred or a greyhound or a trotter or whatever it might be. So that's that's exactly what we're trying to achieve, right? We, we want to curate the the next generation of participants and, and, and hopefully, you know, it's a great opportunity for some of these uh, trainers in particular to, to showcase their wares and, and um you know, we obviously, you know, surface the content that the, the trainers provide to us and, and it really creates a, a sense of, you know, I guess a, a true sense of um, connection between between the animal and, and the uh, the customer. I tell you now, I don't want to know the nitty gritty. I know this would probably be confidential, Ryan, when it comes down to uh, the contract for the Phoenix, but I've, I've sort of just got a little vision in my mind of uh, this pizza shop in Caram Downs. If you pair up with Scalacci and win the Phoenix, that it might end up with a little bit of Red Ladbroke signage on it. Was that part of the deal or not? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure about that, but I, I must say I'm, uh, I, I, I had a, a strong uh, allegiance to Scalacci. I was uh, obviously a a boy of the nineties growing up with racing and, and loved the, the flying gray and the thoroughbred code. So, uh, Gia told you and I certainly reminisced about, uh, the nineties race day and, uh, Look, we'd love to. Um, I know uh, one of our uh, ambassadors, or, or soon to be ambassadors, Damien Oliver, is uh, riding his last race over in WA on Phoenix night, and he was a, a six-time winner on a Group One winner on Scalacci as a jockey. So uh, there might be a nice little content angle there potentially. I reckon for sure, mate. And I can at least see a pizza named the Ladbroke Scalacci special. Hey, we really appreciate your time coming on the podcast. Uh, it's, it's such an exciting time for Entain to partner up with Scalacci, head to the Phoenix, one of the great races, and I, I love. That little bit of a competitive edge you guys have too. The red v the the blue trying to clean up in the Phoenix. We wish you well, mate, in the next couple of weeks. And uh, thanks so much for your time on the podcast. Terrific. Thanks, James. Thanks, Corey. 
Well, there he is, Ryan Stanaway from Entain. Great little insight into Ladbrokes and the way that they've come to uh, to partner up with Scalacci for the Phoenix later on in the year. Well, Smithy, a little bit of a, a quiet time, a little bit of the calm before the storm at uh, the MGRA before the Phoenix. We will be still releasing a podcast episode every week, getting some inside info, maybe even tipping some winners on a Wednesday at the Meadows is what we might have to do. But I thought we'd just very quickly touch on the shootout, which is, is coming up at Sandown Park, uh, and also the Melbourne Cup's not too far away. And the reason I wanted to do that is I, I heard a couple of rumours that Hector Forley could head back across for the shootout to Sandown Park over 500 metres. What do you make of that? And who do you like for the Melbourne Cup are my two questions. Uh, look, shootout, I, I love the shootout. It's a cracking race. You get greyhounds that aren't necessarily your favourites for things like the Melbourne Cup, but they're the fastest dogs. So I'd love to see a big energy in a shootout. I'd love to see Hector Forley in there. Victor Damien was phenomenal on Sunday. Day. So uh, there's so many different ways to, to pick a shootout and uh, I'm really excited to see what it is. My Melbourne Cup tip, I'm staying with Postman Pat. I've been with him for a very long time. I think the Thompson Kennel can uh, can produce him nice and fresh and as long as he's still going there, uh, I'll have Postman Pat on top. I don't mind him fresh either and I think we've almost forgot how good uh, Postman Pat is and, and he's still the uh, the first greyhound locked away in the Phoenix. Uh, no two ways about that. Well, thanks so much as always, Smithy, for your time. I reckon that was almost my favourite episode. It was a little bit different. We didn't really look toward uh, future racing but catching up with Ryan was uh, was great and I tell you what the, the countdown is on to this Phoenix and you can just start to feel the intensity it's all starting to build uh, to what is going to be a, a massive night in December so I can't wait certainly is Jim I've, uh, I've got the nice Phoenix hoodie on for those that are going to watch us on YouTube but uh, we're, we're selling them at the club as well I don't know what price we're putting on and we should probably put more but we'll sell them <laughs> nice and cheap so if anyone wants to buy them and rep the Phoenix merch either try and answer the questions and win them yourself or, or come and buy one at the club love your work Smithy can you wrap the show for me this time well I'll, I'll use your line Jim thank you everyone for listening to the green light on Phoenix flight path until next time safe travels happy punting What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.